This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is Super Bowl week, and what better way to break it down than with a Super Bowl champion? Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now, our good friend and Cougar legend Rob Morris with us back on The Big Show. What's up, Rob? Not a lot, guys. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Man, we are, we're doing terrific. Uh, love Super Bowl week. I'm not particularly a big fan of either team playing, but, you know, it's always exciting. No, no, it's more than just that, Rob. He's been complaining the whole time. He doesn't even like talking about it because his hatred for Tom Brady is so great, and he doesn't like the Chiefs. Either. Yeah, be fair. I don't like the Chiefs either. So, I mean, what, Brother, what are we I can to ba- do? I, I, I can back you up on the Tom Brady hatred thing 100%. I, that guy is a bum. <laughs> We're all tired of it. Go away. We are. I agree, oh, Wait Rob. a minute. Wait right a minute. I, gotta, I think Rob is – I hope, Rob, are you kidding a little bit? Because, I mean, how do you rate Tom Brady as a talent? Well, I'm I'm kidding as much as you kid when you realize you would have five Super Bowls instead of five Super Bowl rings instead of one if it wasn't for Tom Brady. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty serious. No, he, he's next level, right? He's the GOAT. I mean, I it's, it's whatever you want to say. I, I don't know how many times do you have to go. This is 10 Super Bowls. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Um, particularly in the modern era, so he's 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 a special guy, and there's there's no question that he's probably a huge reason why they're in the Super Bowl. This is what I keep why, telling Gordon, what, what, though, Rob, is that just because he's the greatest of all time does not mean you have to root for him. In fact, it means it's more likely to mean I'm going to root against him. Agreed. I'm like I said, I'm we're, we're on the same page. We're you're preaching to the choir here, yeah. buddy. I'm with you. So, so Rob, I got to <laughs> know what's it like to defend against that guy. I mean. Well, you know, he just he does everything so well. He he doesn't. I think part of the reason why there are still some people that kind of question whether or not he's the goat is because he doesn't. There's nothing that's super flashy about him. It's not he doesn't awe you with his arm strength, but he's so smart and he can adjust on the fly. You know, in in a lot of ways, he's you know him and Peyton were similar. They were so good. They understood so well about what you were doing, and we would come in. You know, I I think we played him numerous times to get you know, to try to advance the next round or get to the Super Bowl and you know, we, we won once, but uh he just you come in with a great plan and you think, We got this guy and then he just makes adjustments on the fly and and uh he's super smart. He's just he's got a, a great knowledge of the game and those guys are tough to defend against. The guy's Did athletic or he has a, a gun, you can figure out a way to stop that, but the mind part is much more difficult. Did you get any good hits on him? I don't know. I, I sacked him a couple times, I think, but I had good good hits. I don't know. I, that's that's a that's a good question. That's probably subjective. So I'll say yes. But if you asked him, he'd probably say, "Who's who? Who's Rob Morris?" What? <laughs> well, well, Rob, I was I was looking into the Super Bowl you played in. Of course, we remember it well. The Prince halftime game, if you will. You guys. Uh, Took mm-hmm. apart the Bears. I have no idea how Rex Grossman made a Super Bowl, but the Bears were good that year. They were at fifteen and four. I, I would imagine it's it's easy to look back on the Super Bowl with some nostalgia. But what was it like going through it? Were you just so focused on the game you didn't get caught up in the rest, or did you take it in a little bit? 
Yeah, you know, you, the, during the week, there, it's you're so focused on it. And we had been so close for so long, and we had such a good team, and we finally got there. And, you know, to be honest with you, the, the big celebration for us, the big, like, like, winning the Super Bowl was great, but beating the Patriots at home in the AFC Championship game after being down by, like, 21 points, that was our Super Bowl. That was huge. And so to win the Super Bowl almost felt like a relief, like, okay, good, we finally got to – and we, we didn't screw it up. So, so, but during the week, you know, and it was interesting because I played against my best friend, John Tate, my college roommate, and, and we didn't speak the whole week. We didn't have any communication. And in the day of the game, I think it was a text like, good luck, and good luck, and that was it. And so you're just you're, – you're uber-focused. Um, so there wasn't a ton of, you know, festivities and stuff. But it, it was, um, and maybe some teams do that. But for us, it was a, it was a business trip, uh, without question. Well, Rob, you, I know you're you you are used to performing in front of big crowds. Been doing it all through your career. Well, what's it like to play in a game where you know like a billion people are watching? I mean, that, that, that's just crazy. Yeah. Nothing draws those kinds of eyeballs. Yeah, I I got I don't know what other guys how they would respond to this, but for me, it's it's I it's like that every single game until you get that first hit. And then it's, they're all the same, you know, um, obviously as you advance into the playoffs, the speed of the game amps up, the intensity amps up, the mistakes are amplified. But once the ball kicks off and you're, you're hitting it, I don't know that you notice that there's 110 million people are watching or, you know, just the stadium. So it really ends up being like a, like a regular game. Yeah. You have the things like the long halftime and, um, which are t- that, that's a different adjustment, right? Everything's changes up. There's more TV stuff, so the game, the pace of the game is a little different, and that takes some getting used to. But the, the crowd and how many people are watching, I don't, I don't know that that has much of an impact once you start playing. Rob, I want to ask you about Andy Reid. Do you have a, a relationship with him, and what uh, what about him makes him such an offensive savant? What makes him so good? Yeah, I have. I, I, w- I wouldn't say we have a relationship. I went out when I was a, a GA at BYU. We went out to uh, went out with the O line coach Mark Weber to Philly and spent some time with him. And Andy was great. And when I thought about coaching, he, you know, he reached out and said he'd be willing to help. I, but I, I don't know him super well. But you know, I don't know where he gets this great offense. Certainly, some of it comes from just years of experience and taking things in. But I, I really think what makes him great is his relationship to the players. And um, he was a lot like Tony Dungy, I think, in that regard. Of the players viewed him as, I don't know, yeah, he's the coach, but you you sort of view Tony as like a mentor, like a uh, not to be cheesy, but like a father figure. And so you you don't want to let those guys down. And when you, you know, Jim Mora had his qualities, and he was a good coach, but it, you didn't want to get screamed at by Jim with Tony or I'm assuming with Andy, it's you don't want to get that look. You know, you didn't have to scream. He just gives you that, that disappointed look, and that's way worse than, than uh, you know, getting, getting called a mother effer over and over. So I think that's what really makes him great. Did you keep, Rob, any memento from your Super Bowl performance? Did, did you have anything in your trophy case? Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff. I got um, – and I got I got my jersey that I played in, but I got you know, people people brought me, people sent me stuff and gave me stuff, of, you know the programs and the little coins and, you know I have this little kind of faux Super Bowl ring looking thing that they gave us and the ticket stubs and you know media guides and I, I'm I'm a little bit of a 
pack rat anyway. And so I've got all that stuff. And you know, the unfortunate part is all of it's in cardboard boxes in my basement. So there's really no point to having it, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, it was a special time and I wanted to, and you, and you realize as a player that it's hard to get there, which is why Tom Brady getting there 10 times is it's great. Like I can't even fathom that. And, you know, you talk to John Tate, I probably the, one of the hardest things about him is, you know, it takes you seven, eight years to get there. And then there's the stark realization you probably aren't going back. And um, so to win that is a huge deal. Rob Morris is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Rob, this question doesn't have – we can get back to talking about the game in a, in a minute, and this is probably a really <laughs> dumb question. But uh, NCAA football, the EA sports game, uh, they announced today it's coming back. And as a guy who was in NCAA college football uh, and probably in many edition of, of Madden football, did you ever go back and play with yourself? And if you did, did you, like, put yourself in it like running back or something? The way you phrase that question is is uh, a little hard to answer. I, I never played with myself, <laughs> but I, I never actually, you know, I never, I don't know that I ever played that video game. I've had people, mostly it's young people, and it still happens occasionally with these guys that are playing the retro games. They'll be like, "Hey, I played you on Madden. You have a, you know, they'll tell me my speed rating and everything." But I, I never, I was never a huge sport guy. I was more of a a, a Halo, Call of Duty. Uh, Nintendo 64, GoldenEye 007 type of guy. So I never really got into that. But I, every once in a while, even even today, I'll hear somebody, they'll meet me, and then the next time I see them, they'll say, hey, I played you on Madden. It was awesome. I really should have phrased that question better. Yeah, uh, Rob, that I want okay. to good. Rob, look, Jake, <laughs> I have sat in the show stands. For crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have sat in the stands with Rob. I've asked him about wearing a Superman T-shirt. I asked him about painting his toenails. I asked him about going after the 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 alligator in the in the Everglades but I've never asked him if he ever played with himself. Huh? There, I mean, there there is a line that you shouldn't cross, you know, Jake, and I think you may have just crossed. I did. Wow, one of those one of those horribly wow. embarrassing moments. I I apologize. All right, so well, so let, let me and, he, and and Rob's a very thoughtful man, you know. I mean, he'll usually answer your question in depth. Yeah, I I'm gonna that. I'm gonna go home tonight and say, hey, Naz, guess what? I asked Rob Morris on on the radio today. Cougar legend, you know, played in the NFL for years. Guess what? I asked him. I think I've, I've been known to be a, a bit un, irreverent in my day, so I, we'll, we'll allow it. So, okay, let me ask you this question, and Rob, when you when you see Patrick Mahomes play, and he's such a young guy still, when you see what he can do, I mean, what do you think? I think it's ridiculous. It's in, it's absurd. He he does things that you shouldn't be able to do on a football field. But what I what, what's impressive to me is that. When you talk to, uh, I, I've heard interviews with coaches and uh, people that he plays with. He's a he's a student of the game, right? So now you take a guy that has the mind of, you know, that's going to develop the mind like Tom Brady, but he has these physical talents that are absurd, and he just wants to win. And he's like 17 years old. I mean, if you were Andy Reid, like you coach forever, you never, you just as long as you have that guy. So he's he's a special talent. You know, guys like that that. Again, like I said, there's a lot of guys that have this rare physical ability that can do certain things. But when you combine it with a guy that has a love for the game, he has a pedigree in his family. It sort of runs in the family. Um, 
he's a he's a scary guy, and he seems to be a humble guy. That it, you know, he's not going to let that success sort of go go buck wild. Plus, he has like a billion dollars, so he has no he doesn't have a care in the world. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I had a chance to talk to a Kansas City Chiefs uh, coach this week, and he said exactly what you just said about Patrick Mahomes. He said he's super smart, super motivated, and super disciplined. And yeah, uh, that, that sounds, and, and not to mention the athletic skills. I mean, they, that's the whole package. Yeah, and there, there have been guys that have come into this league with, I mean, I, Vince Young was a guy that you just you hadn't seen somebody like that. But I don't know that he had those intangibles that, that Mahomes have. And I think that's what separates Mahomes from some other guys that have this freak ability, but just they kind of fade out. Well, Rob, I want to ask you how this one plays out, who uh, who you think comes out on top. Is it uh, the magic of Tom Brady, or is it uh, the, the unstoppable force that is the Chiefs? I think it's the Chiefs. I think I think it, the, it's going to be close in the first half. The Chiefs have this knack of, of sort of turning it on and later in the game, and I think they were down in, I don't know, last year, every playoff game they played in. Um, but I did, they just have so much firepower, and I, I think that they're getting that the running back, the layer back, and um, it's just it's 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 insane what they have now. On the flip side, I think that the Buccaneers' defense is good. They have a you know if they can get if they can get to Mahomes, that'll that'll be huge. Um, but I, I think that I think that the Chiefs have a little too much firepower, and I I kind of always you know. Even though as a defensive guy, I, I kind of think that unless you're sort of the, you know, one of these old Bears or Ravens defenses, that the defense isn't going to win you. That, the time when, you know, the Ravens won with that great defense, and then they had a decent offense. Trent Dilfer was their quarterback, but that, I don't think that happens all the time. So I, I sort of lean toward the, the team that has the most firepower, and and I think you see that with with the Chiefs and and how they get creative. So I'm going to go Chiefs. So Rob, I have two questions for you. One is. What was your favorite kind of defense to play in? And when you watch an NFL game or any football game, what do you think is the most effective way to get it? Do you like aggressive? Do you like aggression on defense, blitzing? Or do you like sitting back and playing and making a team uh, sort of beat itself? What's your What's your preference? I like drafting Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, and Bob Sanders, and then you play whatever <laughs> defense you want to play, and, it, and, and it's a wrap. So – I don't know. I, I mean, I was drafted into this Vic Fangio zone blitzing style defense. And two years in, when they all got fired, Tony came in. It was the complete opposite. It was a, it was a, you know, cover two, mostly seven man fronts. You know, we played uh, some, some three deep. We blitzed occasionally, but we, we were not trying to fool anybody. The people knew exactly what we we're going to be in, and we just did it off talent. So. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you remember a few years ago in the Super Bowl when the Giants beat the Patriots and they the, the Giants blitzed relentlessly and it worked. And they they even toward the very end of the game they were going after Tom Brady and it worked. So I don't. Know, I like that style of defense. But as a linebacker, if you have two rush ends like Dwight and and Robert like we had, and you don't have to blitz, it's it's really nice to to play that style of defense, right? Because you're essentially, you know, the pass rush is just two guys. You don't have to bring a fifth or sixth guy. 
And my follow-up is, with the, with the recent attention paid to guys like Shaquille O'Neal, who have criticized uh, Donovan Mitchell and other modern, uh, current NBA players, when you watch NFL games now, uh, do you think, what do you think of the talent you see on the field relative to back when you were a young player? I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this whole Shaquille, like, just shut up for once, go eat, uh, make a free throw and then come back and say something to the new guys. But I, I think, um, I think the talent level, you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll tell you a story about Tony Dungy one time I asked him, we, we had Mel Blunt come and speak to us in practice. And when Tony introduced him, I thought, oh man, this is like a defensive end from the Steelers day. And then he said Mel Blunt, and I was like, "That's a corner. I, that the guy's insanely huge. He looks like a defensive end." And so I asked Tony later. I said, "Hey, Tony, what what would those defenses, those Steelers defenses from the '70s when you played, how would have they fared against the modern offenses?" He said, "We would have absolutely ran with any offense in the modern day." And so I think it's kind of I think it's 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 uh, you know the game changes. Obviously, I think you see more to, more of an emphasis on. Uh, speed and quickness, particularly with a team like um, Kansas City, but you know you have other teams that are doing it kind of the old school way. So I think it's I think it's getting the right players that fit your scheme, um, and you know a lot, I think the Patriots won a lot of Super Bowls with a less talented roster, but they had the guys that fit into their scheme, and then you you see guys that left their team and just you know kind of disappeared. So it's huge to fit guys into your scheme, and I think that matters as much or more than kind of the overall talent level. You can have really talented guys that don't fit that are wasted. You see it all the time. A guy gets drafted high, is a bust, goes to a new team and becomes an all pro guy in a couple of years because he's in the right system. So, But I think the talent level is probably similar. Jake, you mind if I sneak one more in on Rob here? Go for it, Gordo. Zach Wilson, what kind of projection do you have for him in the NFL? I hope he kills it. He, you know, I, I hope he um, gets a good financial manager. He's gonna make a he's gonna make a bunch of money uh, right out of the gate. But I love it, man. I, I root for the local guys, I, and uh, I love that he's he's been thought of as you know this guy could be the second you know top five pick in the draft. And um, but you just it's so it's so hard, Gordon, to to predict. I mean. Who, who predicted Patrick Mahomes outside of Andy Reid? I don't know that anybody – like who, who knew who Patrick Mahomes was when he got drafted? Um, and then you'll have guys that are super high picks that, you know, don't pan out. So I, 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 I hope that he gets – you know, again, I think what he has is he has a little Mahomes in him, right? He's a gunslinger, but he's also a student of the game. He's proven that he's willing to do what it takes in the offseason to get better. You know, I think he's a smart player. He's probably going to be more mature than most quarterbacks that come in. Um, is he a mission guy? Is he, is he an older no, guy no. or is he? No, he's young. No, so so he's so he'll be the same kind of the same age. But you know, I just think, um, yeah, I hope he I hope he kills it. And it's always tough when you when when you get drafted that high. You, you know what that means? You go into a bad team. Um, so. If he can fall with the right the right fit with some pieces around him and and a couple receivers and a good tight end, I think you got a I think he's got a shot. Rob, we always appreciate it when you drop by the show. Thank you very much. 
You bet. I'm always happy to, to join you guys. Thanks, Rob. And Jake won't, Jake won't ask you any personal questions next time. <laughs> Not that personal, anyway. Uh, all right, there you go. The great Rob Morris, uh, Super Bowl champion. Of course, Cougar uh, legend, no doubt about it. We always like it when drop, Rob can drop by the show. Let's get back out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, a legend for another reason. He's Andrew Reinhardt. A legend because he helps a lot of guys out there. What's up, Andrew? <laughs> hey, that's right, guys. Yes, we are helping at Wasatch Medical Clinic so many men with probably an age-old issue. That's erectile dysfunction. And I have seen uh, 50-year-old guys get back to function in the bedroom like their 30s. 70-year-old guys get back to function like in their 50s. Um, Sometimes guys are a little hesitant about this issue and getting it fixed. And I think that kind of adds to the problem. I want to communicate and talk about it more. The acoustic wave therapy that we use opens up very gently blood vessels. And the big attraction here is we can now reverse erectile dysfunction, no pills, no injections, and no side effects. Let's talk about good candidates for this, Andrew. Who, uh, who's kind of the ideal patient? Well, most guys are good candidates. Ideal, though, would be somebody that uh, maybe has some function left. So it's not at 0%, if you know what I mean. If you're experiencing the occasional failure there's a good chance we can get you back to normal 100%, uh, kind of preventatively. So get ahead of it. It's much easier to fix now. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get on the schedule. You get in and find out if this is a good fit, right? Yes, get on the schedule in time for Valentine's Day. Call us now. The assessment, the exam, even the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, uh, no charge. We're going to throw in a little gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. I don't think I've ever seen that fail. And new patients get free testosterone. So a ton of value. Call us now. There's no charge to any of it. Now is the time. Call right now, 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. All right. We'll have more coming up next. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Got a little what's going on coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Bowler drops by the show at 5, as he does each and every Tuesday on a jazz game day. By the way, tip-off a little later than usual coming up at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage uh, begins here on the Zone Sports Network at 7, so make sure and hang around for that. But, uh, Gordon, um, let's just say something, uh, I guess, on the court but not having to do with the game caught your eye uh, last it night did. during the, the Hawks and the Laker game. Yeah, it did, and a lot of people have been talking about this today, uh, not at any length because it's not worthy of, of too much discussion, I don't think. But before before I get to that, 
Do you, do you know why that game has got bumped back to 8 o'clock tonight, Jake? You know what? They sent out a release, and I don't remember the reasoning. It's not on national television, so I'm, yeah, I'm not I just sure. Wondered, yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of people have uh, noticed uh, this. what happened with courtside Karen, as they're calling uh, a fan, Juliana Carlos, who was sitting courtside during the game last night, and I guess she was going after LeBron James, heckling him, and uh, it it created quite a bit of attention, and a lot of people are wondering about her. But she has apologized, Jake. This is what she wrote. She said about last night, to say things escalated quickly at yesterday's game is an understatement, and I want to apologize for losing my cool and removing my mask in the heat of the moment. My husband is a huge sports fan, and we're passionate people. And let's be real, sports wouldn't be sports without a little trash talking. What should have been a quick back and forth between two adults got out of hand, and my natural instinct to stand up for the man I love kicked in. Did I get defensive when that happened? Yes. Did I use offensive language when I could have taken the higher road? Yes. And for these things, I take full responsibility. React, Jake. Uh, I don't think she's sorry in the slightest. <laughs> that did seem like a bit of a half apology, didn't it? I, I don't think she's... Uh, she's uh, Now, uh, Gordon, I'm, I'm certainly behind the times when it comes to the you know, the, the social media, but uh, she's what uh, is referred to out there as an influencer. No, isn't she some sort of social media superstar and added uh, thousands upon like 50,000 listeners or something over the last that's, or that's not listeners, I, but uh, followers over the past yes. 24 hours. So uh, yeah. Some mission accomplished. Is yeah, what you're saying. yeah, exactly. I'm sticking up for her husband. Okay. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you saw you well, saw an opportunity to uh, to put yourself in the limelight, and uh, you you stepped into it. She got kicked out, right? She got asked to leave, yes. and then videotaped herself on the way out uh, in her excited state. Um, yeah. So, whatever. so I, I I guess this is a bit of a an issue uh, here in Salt Lake City. We had the incident where a fan was getting a little out of control with uh, Russell Westbrook, and so I mean. Fan behavior is a topic, and this isn't the only time this has happened this year. Do you think people are – I mean, what's going on here? Do you think this is a trend? Do you think it's it's going to get to the point where where clubs are going to have to be extremely cognizant of everything that goes on and pay attention to – the behavior of fans, even, and I'm not, I, you know, I'm not talking about extreme stuff, uh, fighting or, or jumping out on the court and all kinds of craziness, but just the verbal stuff that goes back and forth. Are we living in a less civil time? I guess that's sort of an obvious question with maybe an obvious answer. No, I think this has always existed. I think it's being tolerated less, uh, but I think that it, it you know, fans. Uh, yelling at players will exist going forward. I just, I, I think we all are rational enough to know where the line is. I mean, in this particular case, this gal threatened LeBron technically, according to her own admission. I mean, I think you can have some fun at a basketball game and be a vocal fan without threatening the players. I don't think that's too much to ask. And from a player's know, but... standpoint, you know, it's 
it's tough. It's the business you've chosen, but it's probably the the best for everybody involved to just let it go. Now, I, I understand you, when lines get crossed and, and emotions run high again. I don't think it's too much to ask to not use derogatory terms and to not threaten players and, and those sorts of things, you know. But, I mean, is a, a fan going to get after a player? I mean, that's going to continue on. That's That's always been there. Do you think that social media, and you mentioned that she's a so-called uh, influencer, is, is this the kind of thing that the back and forth that we see uh, in social media is uh, more likely to uh, to trigger this kind of uh, behavior? No, I, I like I said, I think it's always been there. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything new happening in arenas that didn't happen forever. Now, maybe this gal took advantage of it to make herself famous or get herself uh, attention. But, I mean, I think you can go to NBA, any NBA game. And uh, Speaking of Detroit, the Pistons are in town tonight. You remember a few years ago when uh, a fan was getting after Donovan Mitchell and he hits the big-time shot and he looks over at the fan and he says, you did this? You remember that? Mm-hmm. It, it, was a, it was kind of a big moment. I mean, I think that stuff yeah. I think that stuff exists. I have no idea what that fan said, and I don't think Donovan implied that the fan was really out of line. But, you know, there was the fan right there. And, and it motivated Donovan Mitchell. So I think it's always been there. I think it's always been part of the game. I used to have a, a, a roommate that prided himself on coming to jazz games and getting reaction from players. No joke. So, I mean, I don't think this is some new phenomenon. No. I, I think it's being tolerated less. And I think right. stuff that's out of, out of line should be tolerated less. Like, honestly, this this gal threatened LeBron James by her own admission. She should be removed. You can't do that. But if she said something like, well, LeBron, your jumper's cold tonight, I mean, come on. Who cares? <laughs> right? And we all, think, we think, all know where the line is. Well, I'm not sure if everybody knows where the line is, but uh, I, I, I think most people do. I think yeah. most people do, too. But All right. the, I, I just hope I, think I just this hope it doesn't get to the point where basketball players have to go back to being called cagers because they used to play the game inside a cage away from the fans. Uh, I I think we're a long way from away from that. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Jonathan Tavanari teases me for always asking the, about this, but you look at some environments over there in Europe across uh, various sports. I mean, it's it's super extreme over there. We we don't have that issue here. We have a, a few loose cannons, a few wing nuts out there that that uh, quickly get uh, asked to leave. And if that's our biggest problem, no big deal. Well, I do think that there's more focus on it nowadays. I mean, I do a story about in the late 60s when I went to a Philadelphia Flyers game with some friends. And uh, there was a guy next to sitting next to me, and he had a padlock in his hand. I think he was going to chuck it on the ice. And then I remember a guy beating uh, one of the opponent's players, hitting him with a rubber chicken when he was in the penalty box. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's been craziness for a long, long time. And that was... We hardly have any of that anymore. That, 60 years ago. Yeah, what the... the, the um was it the San Francisco Giants fans that were throwing batteries at outfielders? I mean, we just we don't really see that stuff anymore, and for for good reason. I mean, there's no there's no place for that. But I I mean, I think we I think fan behavior is a topic because players are making it a topic, and and maybe to a certain extent it should be. But I I don't think we're ever going to get to the point because 
you know, there's so many people in one building together, you know, and fans are so close to the court in the NBA. It's it's kind of a part of it's a part of what happens in those environments, but it just you can't cross the line. Maybe those fans who are in attendance can be heard more clearly because uh, attendance there, is being limited. There are so, so few. I, there's probably some yeah. of that. She and she and LeBron seem to be a ways away. I don't know. I didn't. Maybe I didn't see the full video. But what did you think of what she said about you know sports? It isn't sports without trash talking and whatnot. I, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily think. I'm not all that comfortable sitting at a game and having someone sitting behind me screaming all kinds of wacky stuff. And even if it isn't a threat, uh, I think some things that I've heard through the years are, if you said that somebody on the street, you would have a fight on your hands. Yeah, but you're not on the street. You're at a, uh, a sporting event. I get it. You're, you're, Gordon, you're not a fan, as you famously tell us over and over again. I don't know if you understand this particular impulse. But I, I have no problem with somebody, you know, chirping for their team or, or barking about uh, missing a free throw or something like that. I think that's that's part of, you know, the the NBA experience. But you, you can't you can't I've heard, players. I've heard it you can't you can't. I, I've heard it get personal though, Jake. Right, I, I've heard I, it cl- cross the line too. But I'm saying that there's a line, and it actually is really difficult to police. Well, I do know that security groups are, are much more aware of it now than maybe in the past. And uh, so, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if, if everyone knows where the line is, then okay, good. I'm glad. I think most people know it. that you can't yell threats or, or racial insults or those sorts of things. I realize that it happens from time to time, but I think 99.9% of, of sports fans uh, know how to behave appropriately. Well, okay, courtside Karen, if that's what they're calling her, uh, come up with a little better apology, if you would. Uh, I would that would be my advice. I'm so sorry, because... I'm receiving all this attention. So sorry about my current <laughs> raised profile. I just feel awful. Just feel awful. Yeah, it was kind of more of a justification than it was an apology, right? That that it was. All right, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Don't forget what's going on at four. Bowler at five. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for another trydaytrading.com market update. Trydaytrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit trydaytrading.com today. How'd we do in the markets today, Gordo? Happy day uh, on Wall Street. Uh, the Dow was up uh, almost 1.6%, up 476 points almost today. The NASDAQ also up about one and a half. Percent uh, up 209 points, and the S&P 
up 52, uh, 52 points. So, uh, yeah, good day. Good day. Good day in the markets. Yeah. New Porsche for Gordon today. Uh, <laughs> No, see, that's not how you, that that it's pronounced not Porsche. I, that's not how I play the market. You don't. It's you pronounced don't, Porsche. You don't count your earnings in Porsches. No, I only I'm have one Porsche. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm more of a long-term kind of investor. The long play. Not, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not like. It's pronounced Porsche. Thinking. Okay. Uh, you know. I'm go make a major purchase of some sort now. Gordon, our boy Sven, real quick here, as we were talking about uh, the courtside Karen there in the last uh, segment. Uh, our boy Sven tweets in, astute as always uh, from him. He said, uh, uh, Gordon Monson, there's no need for trash talk from fans. Also, Gordon, it isn't hockey without fighting. Uh, well, again, what, what's Strong take here. here. Is... Strong no, no, take. No, no. What's happening here is that fighting in hockey, not in every case, but in some cases, keeps the game clean. Trash talking really doesn't keep the game clean, especially coming from fans. See, because if you've played hockey, you know that sometimes those sticks come up and you're getting all kinds of slashing and whatnot. And if a guy knows he's going to get punched in the face, if he does that, then he's not going to do that. You you know you're right, Gordon. I I just remember all those uh, those guys in the Olympics just taking hockey sticks and just clubbing each other constantly. They don't even play. I'm just telling you, you got you, the the players know, they know the rules, and they know what the consequences will be if they break the rules. I don't know how many sports. A bunch of guys carry around a hockey stick when they're playing it. It's a freaking weapon. Well, I mean, and baseball, so they there, have a bat. There has, to be, there has to be a deterrent to that. What about and college hockey? Do they have a big the problem with, with people uh, clubbing people all the time? I, I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about the NHL. Still the same game, though, no? Mm, not really. And plenty of NHL players play in the Olympics, no? And in the case of trash just, talking, we're talking about words. In the case of, of hockey, we're talking about fist fighting. No, no, it's not. I don't look at it as fist fighting. I look at it as a deterrent. No, it's fist fighting. <laughs> it's it's definitely fist fighting. That's what it is. Like like when my my, my childhood team that I loved well, I wasn't such a child, but I mean a team that I liked uh the Mighty back Ducks, in the right? day were the Philadelphia Flyers. And Bobby Clark needed protection out on the ice. And so you didn't want your skill player at the center spot getting wiped out and getting hacked over the shoulder or the head with a hockey stick. And so, hence, Dave the Hammer Schultz was on the same line with him. And so nobody messed with Bobby Clark because they were going to have to face Dave the Hammer Schultz. In a fist fight. Well, in some sort of Just come say up it, but in a fist fight. And the action is so fast that it's hard for the referees to keep it uh, keep everything so, above board. So they need a fist fight. 
Again, I've just, so, uh, uh, in fact, hey, hey, I'm not. Look, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy at a hockey game who stands up and cheers when somebody when a fight happens. And a lot of fans do that. I'm talking about the integrity of the game. I'm talking about protecting the beauty of the game. With and in order fight. to do that, you can't have guys slashing out there. You just so work. let them fist fight. Let's get out of the so, zone phone. Joining us now, uh, our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, what do you think about this idea? If there's ever, you know, some sort of conflict with the employees over there, maybe you know, the the doctors and the nurse don't see eye to eye. What do you think about the idea of settling that dispute with a fist fight? <laughs> that, oh, that's just what the patients want to see right out there in the lobby. Right. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> uh, hang on. I, can you hear me, Andrew? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Look, uh, a hockey game is kind of, uh, I mean, it's fast, it's violent, it's uh, its uh, a contact sport. And so you can't have guys out there. I mean, if people were coming into your office and somebody was hitting them across the belly with a stick, you know, then you might think it appropriate. Then Andrew can show up and, and clean things up. Yeah. But, see, that doesn't happen. <laughs> we, try the to keep it, we try to keep it low-key here at the clinic. But, you know, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm glad there's no fist fighting. That's good. That, yes, that is a good not. thing. It's, it's helping, not hurting, right, Andrew? Yes, it's helping, not hurting, yes. Well, uh, yeah, we you know, we are actually dealing with, you know, a lot of guys, they come in, and I, I found that when we – uh, talk about erectile dysfunction, guys are a little embarrassed, and there's kind of a stigma around the subject. And I think that stigma is hurting things. I think we need to talk about it, communicate about it, about it because uh, that's holding so many couples back from having normal function in the bedroom. We use acoustic wave therapy. As you know, the listeners out there have heard us talk about, this is changing a lot of lives, getting them off the pill, it opens up blood vessels, gets the blood flowing properly. We can't forget erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem. So that is ultimately what we're treating. Treating the problem, not just uh, the symptom. And you're right, Andrew. I think a lot of times uh, guys, I'm sure, shy away and think they're the only ones going through this. Not the case. Not the case. In fact, I think most men go through this at some point in their life. And it could be young. If you're out there and you feel too young, the good news is it's actually the best time to fix it. We've seen guys bounce back to 100% or close to 100% in the bedroom when things just start to slip in the wrong direction. You know, you have the occasional failure. This treatment works really well for that. 801-901-8000. That is the number to call. It's that easy, and you can get in, see the doctor, and frankly be on the road to recovery and a normal life again, right? Yes. Uh, call us now. Put a stop to the ED or simply improve things, improve frequency in the bedroom. We're going to do the initial assessment and exam. You'll spend some time with our medical doctor uh, free. Um, there's no obligation, by the way. You may say, now oh, these treatments aren't for me. We'll uh, give you a little special gift for making the trip that produces instant results in the bedroom, and new patients even get free testosterone. For those of you that are feeling a little you know, low in the tank, that'll help with a little drive and ambition, and it's all no charge. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you very much. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you. All right, there you go. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. We want to remind you to join the big show coming up on Friday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. The Warehouse. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.